this disease takes hold of you and you don't realize it till you're in the thick of it. And God, I look at myself and I think, be strong, George, you're gonna make it through. And making it through doesn't necessarily mean surviving, but it just means that I'm gonna be okay. A year ago, we introduced you to George Calassa and his husband, Justin Tarquinio. After George was given a diagnosis of glioblastoma, which is a rare brain cancer, this power couple had the world at their feet when suddenly it all shattered. That's what cancer does. It's the great equalizer. It doesn't discriminate between rich, poor, race, or class. And for the past year, George and Justin have invited us to share their experiences, their hopes, challenges, and fears. They teach us about the fragility of life, resilience, the importance of support, and accepting your circumstances. You did it. <laughs> MRI done. And they've shown us a raw and real patient and caregiver experience. Thank you all. Today, we're taking you on parts of that journey. Hello, I'm Dr. Diane Reedy Lagunes from Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, and welcome to Cancer Straight Talk. We're bringing together national experts and patients fighting these diseases to have evidence-based conversations. Our mission is to educate and empower you and your family members to make the right decisions and live happier and healthier lives. For more information on the topics discussed here or to send us your questions, please visit us at mskcc.org podcast. This is not only a story about George and Justin. This is a story many of us can relate to because it's about living day to day, hour by hour, when life throws us the unimaginable. And despite the emotional and physical exhaustion, how we can find hope, purpose, and meaning in it all. Let's go back to June of 2022 when we first spoke with George and Justin, about three months after George was diagnosed. Even facing this new reality, they had a remarkably upbeat outlook. It's really an honor to have you both here. George, first, how are you? You know what, I am fine. No matter what happens, I'm always going to be fine. It's how I decide to think about and what my perspective is around that. I am in complete acceptance of this disease and of where I'm at today. And there's no reason for me to take myself down or the rest of the world with me. Justin, we always say cancer is a family disease. What is this like for you? I have 100% accepted it. You know, it's amazing what you're capable of doing when you're doing it for love. My days are very different now. I'm a caregiver, number one. But in some moments when I'm walking down the street and I'm doing a million errands and going to get medication or going to do this or going to do that, I stop and I say to myself, like, this is the moment of life that I'm in right now. And I just have to accept it. But the reality is, even when you do accept a cancer diagnosis, there are moments in that storm that are really hard to weather. In George's case, the tumor is impacting his memory, balance, ability to speak, and articulate his thoughts. We spoke again in the fall, about six months after George's diagnosis. Justin is definitely feeling more of the weight of the prognosis, as George's cognitive decline has become more apparent. Stimulation and a lot of sensory overload is very challenging for him. And 
it can be confusing. We live on a really busy corner and it's like, it's even difficult for me to cross the street. So I have constant worry and anxiety. Sorry. That if I'm not with him or somebody's not with him, something bad will happen. And, you know, that's been our challenge the past two weeks we've been back of him wanting to leave unattended and it's caused a little bit of tension for us. And I said to George, if something happened to you on my watch, I never forgive myself. I know that he understands that, but forgets sometimes. He's not doing it on purpose. I just worry a lot about every little te every little thing. Not just about his recovery or being sick, but just his safety and his well-being. And I want him to be happy. But I also want him to be safe. I mean, Justin, thank you so much for sharing that because the enormity of being a caregiver and the responsibilities and sometimes the guilt that folks feel. You just articulated that so beautifully and so many of our caregivers feel exactly the same way. I realize I can't do everything. When we last spoke, I thought I could, but now I realize that I can't do everything. And that's okay. You don't have to be able to do everything. Asking for help is, is not easy, but it's essential for the caregiver and the patient as well. It absolutely is. George and Justin have also had to adjust to a new dynamic in their relationship. George was a former marketing and communication executive in the fashion industry. Now, the progression of the disease has made it challenging for him to articulate his thoughts. Just getting the words out sometimes are not always so easy. So by having him by my side, it allows me to feel really comfortable and know that he's going to pick up where I let go. And um, that's what a partnership is. And this is a partnership because I don't do anything without his help. And that's what I've had to learn to do. I've had to give up my position and allow myself to be helped by others. I think the hard thing for you, George, is that you've always been the person that's a doer and takes care of people and to be in the position to be taken care of. I can't imagine how that must feel. In a relationship, that dynamic shifts, the balance of power shifts, and you rely on me to do everything, and that's okay. What they didn't anticipate, and what many patients find out, is how much time you spend receiving these treatments. For George, that means sitting in waiting rooms, getting scans, and receiving chemotherapy, as well as radiation. Okay, and take a deep breath in. Every day I'm poked and prodded. You okay? And it's funny, I've come to accept that that's what happens to me. Concerns. And for Justin, this means being the voice for both of them at George's appointments, to keep track and convey his latest symptoms and side effects. The prescription we currently is for one milligram. Can we we can it? give you a two milligram. Yeah. Okay, George, so on, the side here. on this day in spring 2023, we follow George as he undergoes an MRI. 
which is a type of scan that takes pictures of his brain to detect any changes to his tumor. So today you are having a brain MRI with contrast. It's going to be about 35 minutes. Okay. Okay. Hey, George. The chief MRI technologist is Olga Armat. She grabs some earplugs, a cushion, and a blanket. And do you want one or two blankets? and settles him on the scanner before stepping into the control room next door. Here we go. Throughout the procedure, she talks to George hey, through George. a speaker. George, you're doing good. Next one is two and a half minutes. I like to encourage the patient so that they don't feel like they're just left in the scanner all by themselves. Hey, George, you're all done. I'm gonna pull you out. How are you doing? Later that day, George meets with his clinical care team. Touch your nose with this finger. Touch your nose with this finger. Good. Open your eyes. Nurse practitioner Jessica Goggin conducts a cognitive exam and asks George if he knows what month and year it is. Um, Take your time. There's no one here but us. Uh, April. You got it. What's the year? Uh, 84. What's the year? Uh, wait. <laughs> um. Let me give you some choices. Is it 2020, 2023, or 2025? 2025. 23. 23. Don't age us all two more years yet, George. <laughs> These nurses here, they see you, and they know what you're going through. And never once have I ever doubted that. I'm in the right place, and they know how to make me feel better. You have the best outlook. After Jessica completes the exam, George's neuro-oncologist, Dr. Alexandra Miller, meets with George. I just want to focus on today. And share some promising news on his latest scan. I think you're doing really well. Things looked pretty good on the scan. I was very encouraged. While today's news is good, it means a lot to me. George takes a moment to reassure Dr. Miller and his care team that no matter what the future holds, I'm not stressed about it. He's grateful to them. And I want you to know that no matter what happens, we're doing the best we can, and I know that we are. So don't ever get discouraged if you don't think that I know that or that you might personally think that I'm frustrated because that I've made it to today is a blessing. Soon after the appointment, I had a chance to talk with Dr. Miller separately. Alex, how is George doing? On many levels, I think George is doing really, really great. Physically, emotionally, he's handling the situation extremely well. In terms of his tumor, fortunately, this is a moment where he's pretty stable and has been responding well to his treatment. There was a moment during one of George's visits where he acknowledged the uncertainty of his disease, yet he wanted to make it very clear how much he appreciated you and your team. How did that make you feel? I mean, I was extremely touched by that. I feel like it's an extreme honor that these patients have entrusted me in their care and really let me in to their lives and their families at such a personal moment. I really want to help them in whatever way I can, and I love doing it. <laughs> Great to see you. Back in the exam room, the appointment ends with George giving hugs to his care team. Hi, George. Always, Thank you. I'm always happy Thank to you. see you. It's really interesting because after you leave, you have separation anxiety. And I feel safe when I'm here. And I feel like I've got my friends 
and people watching over me. Memorial Sloan Kettering has been such a gift to us and we're deeply appreciative of all the love that we've received. George, what is the hardest thing for you? I'm at a loss because I can't think from one minute to the next, to the next, to the next, which is why I need additional help at, at certain times. And um, Justin has been amazing, but so has so many others. And um, I just try to simplify and keep things um, really easy. I'm literally just one foot in front of the other, just keep it basic. Can I try to help you answer that, George, a little bit more specifically? Yeah. I think it's... Here's, here's, let, let, let me just explain. This is a perfect example of how my head just gets, gets muffled and I can't, I can't get out what I want to say, yet I know what I want to say. And it's very hard for me as someone who is so used to always having the right thing to say. And you're not alone on that. I can't even tell you how many of my patients will tell me, I know it, I want to say it, and it just, it's hard sometimes to get it out. So like you said, sometimes it's minute by minute, hour by hour, and that's how we keep going. Where's George's team? Another thing that keeps George going is raising awareness about glioblastoma. In May, 15 months after he was diagnosed, George was excited to hop on a stationary bike and ride in this year's Cycle for Survival event. Team George Colasa raised more than $465,000 to help fund research for rare cancers. George spoke to a crowd of his fellow riders. I'm so grateful to still be here with you today. With my disease in one year, I have already beaten the odds. Thank you for Cycle for Survival and my incredible team of doctors and nurses at Memorial Sloan Kettering who are with me every day. I cannot thank you enough. And the work that they do, it's incredible. But a month later, George's mobility quickly declined due to swelling in his brain. Good, you got it. There you go. It's still uncertain whether that's related to tumor growth or to increased swelling from the radiation he received. We've got a wheelchair, um, and uh, yeah, I graduated to, <laughs> to a wheelchair. I told you that I would update you as we progressed, um, and uh, progression is not always positive. It's a tough one, um, but I'm doing it. Ahead of their next appointment, Justin and Dr. Miller shared an emotional conversation about what to expect next. While she doesn't like to make predictions, How are you? neurological damage is hard to reverse. As he has throughout his journey, George accepted this new normal when they all met. I'm aware that I might die, and I'm okay with that. I'll see how long I go for. Well, you have an amazing attitude Thank and amazing you. people around you Thank supporting you. you. And we're doing everything we can. And we're going to keep doing it. I know. Nurse Jessica gives George a warm hug before he heads out the door. To help people like you, that's why I do it. 
As family members come to see them in New York this summer, George and Justin are making the most of every moment they have together. One of the reasons why I fell in love with him is that he always sees the best in everyone and everything. And I think that's really become more apparent this year, the past year. That spirit hasn't been diminished at all. Through all of these challenges and the clinical changes, George continues to be the positive person we met a year ago. He's never lost sight of who he is and what he represents. He reminds us that time is our most precious gift. And none of us know how much time we have. I've chosen to focus on the living and not the dying. And that's been my attitude from day one. And I really believe that in the end, that will serve me well. And this process has been a time to reflect and see what I can do to make it better for other people because my words are going to help them. We want to thank George and Justin for opening up their lives and sharing their experiences with us. And thank you to our listeners. If you want to see a video version of this episode, go to the YouTube link in our show notes. For more information or to send us any questions you may have, please visit us at mskcc.org podcast. Help others find this helpful resource by rating and reviewing it at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Any products mentioned on this podcast are not official endorsements by Memorial Sloan Kettering. These episodes are for you, but are not intended to be a medical substitute. Please remember to consult your doctor with any questions you have regarding medical conditions. I'm Dr. Diane Reedy-Lagunes. Onward and upward. Onward and upward.